This is Retirement Paradise with Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Greg provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Greg Gunther to help you retire in paradise. Aloha and welcome back to Retirement Paradise. This is Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group, exclusively on podcast, Retirement Paradise on your terms. If you are not yet subscribed, very easy. Go to retirementparadiseradio.com and you can just click the subscribe button and you'll get notifications for our show every week. All money spends the same, but not all money is taxed the same. In today's episode, we're going to dive into the topic of qualified money versus non-qualified money and the possible tax treatment or for both types of accounts. And depending on your unique situation for retirement, it may be beneficial to have both types of assets at your disposal for those uncertain years, both qualified and non-qualified. Before we jump in, I'd like to welcome to the show, as always, and still with us, the one, the only, Tony Shore. <laughs> still with us. Uh, you make it sound like I'm on my deathbed. I'm not, I'm not in hospice yet, but uh, yes, I am still with you and alive and awake today. Uh, great talking with you, Greg, and thanks for having me on the show again. Now, I really, you know, people, when they hear you mention qualified versus non-qualified money, uh, they might get a little sleepy, but <laughs> here's the deal. I think it's so important to understand this and know that it can actually save you money down the road and make or break your, uh, you know, your financial savings or your retirement. So I, I'm looking forward to jumping into that. But yeah, I've been great. Uh, you know, over the holiday, I ate too much as usual and had a great time with the family. How about you, Greg? Have you been keeping busy? Yeah, very busy. Uh, I've been doing some traveling and uh, Thanksgiving was yeah, pretty pretty full still. I <laughs> got lots of leftovers <laughs> in the fridge. Uh, but one of my favorite holidays, really, and I'm looking forward to uh, yeah. the Christmas season too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love, love Christmas and of course, my kids and family love it as well. It's always a good time. Now, Retirement Paradise is the name of the show, and, and people can subscribe to it as a podcast or just go to the website and listen to it. But if you subscribe via iTunes or Google Play, you'll have it. It'll automatically be available on any of your devices. And I think that's really handy. So as soon as we upload a new show, it's going to be there for you. And each week, you give great financial tips, uh, tips about things like uh, how to build up your retirement income and your savings and uh, what to do with your legacy planning and beneficiaries, uh, things like that, a market watch, an update, and different retirement things that people need to be aware of for planning for retirement. So this is great. Now, uh, a quick question before we get too far into our discussion today, Greg, what is qualified and non-qualified money and uh, why should we care? Well, good, good question. Um, but today, we're going to help and in, in our audience to understand a little bit more about that and what makes these accounts different and why they may both have value to you. Um, as with many things in retirement strategy, there are 
always good things and bad things, as I, I tell my clients. If it's good, it's something, it's bad, it's something else. So there's also pros and cons to qualified and non-qualified accounts. And which, which one is right for you really depends on, of course, your unique situation and your goals. Uh, for the typical retirement saver, having a mix of qualified and non-qualified accounts can provide some balance and flexibility um, for an ever-changing environment. So what exactly is the difference between qualified and non-qualified? To explain, I'm going to pull out one of my articles um, that I always uh, research and pull up for everybody. And this one is by Tim Parker, and it's cleverly titled, Qualified versus Non-Qualified Plans, What's the Difference? <laughs> this is from uh, thebalance.com, and it's dated July uh, 2018. And according to the article, the account definitions are established and regulated by the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, or ERISA, uh, enacted into law in 1974. Wow. So that's <laughs> that seems like a long time ago, even to me, and uh, not too many more years, and uh, ERISA itself will be old enough for retirement. In fact, speaking of ERISA, you said it's called ERISA. Isn't that your daughter's name? <laughs> Just kidding. Pretty funny. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I, I feel older uh, all of a sudden too, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in fact, there there have been uh, a lot of attempts to update the ERISA, which is the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. Um, in fact, a thinkadvisor.com article from May uh, 2018, this one was entitled Retirement Industry Officials Back Bipartisan Bills to Update ERISA. It actually examined four recent attempts to adjust the law, and we could do an entire show on ERISA itself. Uh, but for now, we're going to stick with qualified versus non-qualified because those are tricky enough. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Let's dive into the difference between these two types of accounts, and I imagine it has to do with taxes, but what makes each one unique? Well, qualified accounts are designed to give you those tax benefits on funds that you invest and it helps you build a bigger asset pool to jump into retirement time with, or at least that's that's the hope. Where non-qualified accounts don't come with these tax benefits, but they do come with a little more freedom to move your money, um, often without any age restrictions or, or penalties. And also it depends on what type of investment vehicle um, that you choose as well. Wow, so that seems maybe clear, maybe as clear as mud. Uh, keep going with this. Help me out here. Yeah. All right. Stick with me. <laughs> In addition to having different benefits, both accounts come with some rules on how you can use them. So in the balance article, Tim Parker says these rules are designed to keep people from taking advantage of loopholes that were created in the establishment of qualified accounts. So again, the article qualified versus non-qualified plans. What's the difference? Parker says, that qualified plans in particular also come with a few additional benefits that may make following the rules worth it. That's one reason that many employer-sponsored accounts are established as qualified plans. A 401k, for instance, is, is a qualified plan. Oh, okay. So I know a lot of people who have 401ks. I mean, that's a common retirement savings vehicle for a lot of workers out there, right? Yeah, probably the most popular. Um, and yeah. one of the reasons employers like offering qualified plans is because they are eligible for a tax break as well on the funds that they contribute to the employee's account. So that match gives them a tax write-off. Uh, so this provides a benefit for both employer and employee. Uh, so if your employer participates in the 401k match or otherwise contributes some type of percentage of your salary um, to your plan, 
they're getting the tax break for doing so. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, if, if you're getting a tax break and your employer's getting one, it sounds like a win-win situation. Right. Um, qualified accounts also require employers to treat everyone equally. So if a company offers a 3% match, they must offer that 3% match to everyone who qualifies. So it's not just for the executive level or certain positions. This benefit covers everyone in the company who qualifies and treats them all exactly the same. Well, this is a lot of information. So we might want to take a little break here uh, to let the listeners know how to get a hold of you because I know you offer a complimentary consultation and you can sit down with them and talk more about this and answer their questions about which it might be more appropriate for their personal situation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you have any questions, feel free to give our office a call at 791-2924. I've also got a lot of information on my website at therogroup.org. And for anyone who doesn't follow us on Facebook, I'd be very grateful uh, if you did follow us on Facebook, the Retirement Optimization Group. We put out a lot of interesting articles um, every month and uh, we appreciate our followers. Yeah, I know you do. And you're you're happy to meet with folks. You're a great guy to sit down and talk to. And again, there's no cost or obligation. So I encourage our listeners to pick up the phone, give you a call. What's that phone number again? 791-2924. All right. And you were talking about reasons an employer would offer a qualified plan. And you mentioned some of the tax benefits that the employer can also benefit from, right? Yes. And Let's not forget that an employee um, or you are also benefiting from an account like uh, a non the non Roth 401k is what we're referring to. So the ones where you actually get the tax deduction. Yeah. And you'll, the traditional you'll, 401k. Yes. The, yeah. Yes. The traditional 401k. So you'll you'll notice that your contributions to these accounts come off the top of your salary. So your money is invested in the account without any taxes being taken out. So that's why we refer to it as the pre-tax uh, distribution. So is that tax-free money for the employee then? No, you, you, you can't have both. Um, so ultimately, you're going to pay taxes on this money when you withdraw it from the account, uh, hopefully sometime after you're 59 and a half, which is the IRS qualified retirement age. Uh, but for now, the tax advantage 401k allows you to use more of your money uh, to compound those returns, which we've, we've talked about that on previous episodes, the, the compounding interest. Wow. Okay. So obviously you want to take advantage of compounding interest whenever you can. Are there limits or regulations though on these qualified accounts? Yep. That's one of the drawbacks. So there are some rules to follow. Uh, with the benefits of qualified accounts, um, they do have the restrictions. I mean, that's just part of how, how they works. But generally, the, the main restriction is that there are limitations to how much you can put into these accounts. Um, so 401ks, for example, since we're talking about that, it's 18,500 per year. Uh, there is a catch-up provision if you're over 50 years old, um, but for everybody else, 18,500 is the maximum this year that you can contribute. Okay. So uh, there are some things like that to keep in mind. Uh, you mentioned age 59 and a half earlier. I mean, I don't know where the IRS gets these half years. It's ridiculous. But how does that come into play? That's another important restriction uh, for qualified accounts. So if you try to withdraw money uh, before you're 59 and a half, you may be faced with a pretty sizable 10% penalty. So it's taxed as regular income, whatever your rate is, and then add 10% to that. Um, in addition, plans might force force you, um, we can't remember that, um, I mean, we can't forget that rather, 
to start withdrawing money. And again, here's your here's your halves, Tony. Seventy and a half. <laughs> you have to start taking money out of these things. <laughs> Another one. Yeah. I, I I love it. So. Uh, are there any exceptions, though, that will allow you to withdraw at other times other than after you turn 59 and a half? I'm glad you asked that because uh, I actually get asked that quite a bit because um, people that want to retire early and they want to access this money, do they have to pay that 10% penalty? Um, the answer is not always. Um, there's a there's a rule called 72T that you can take money out without penalty if you take substantially equal payments. Um, you have to kind of apply for that. So that's a very tricky one to qualify for, um, but it is possible. Other than that, um, Congress will sometimes pass laws that will allow limited special distributions. Um, example, in February 2018, uh, Bipartisan Budget Act that was passed that year by both the House and the Senate um, which eventually became law, of course, and IRS, uh, what's the number, what's that publication? It's five, 590B, uh, which updated an existing law. And this was tax-favored withdrawals and repayments from certain retirement plans for taxpayers who suffered economic losses as a result of Hurricane Harvey, Irma, or Maria. Uh, so this was a special instance by the government to aid sure. taxpayers in the event of a disaster. So exceptions are rare and usually linked to some specific special event or uh, event like a tragedy, like a hurricane or a wildfire. Then, Yeah. So that, that happens uh, every now and then. And obviously those types of situations are pretty unique and not too common for taxpayers, but we can take a deeper look now into the non-qualified accounts. Um, as noted in the Parker article, non-qualified accounts are still a part of your full comprehensive retirement strategy. And they may come with less rules than you will find with these qualified accounts that we've been discussing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's a really great discussion to have and we can dive into that a little more. Uh, but why don't you let our listeners know one more time uh, how to get a hold of you if they want to ask questions about all this? Sure. Yeah. If you have questions on your 401k plans, um, if you're one of those people, uh, maybe 59 and a half earlier that you may want to access it for an early retirement. Um, there's a lot of rules to know. Um, so I'd be happy to help you with that. Feel free to give us a call at 791-2924. And there's also lots of information on, on my website, therogroup.org. And you can even click um, contact us there if you want me to call you. All right. That sounds great. Now we've already discussed a lot about qualified versus non-qualified accounts uh, and what make them different, uh, why qualified plans are attractive to employers, and of course, the significance of that age 59 and a half. Um, and now, what about non-qualified plans and their benefits? Right. So with the non-qualified accounts, since you've already paid the taxes on the funds, you can generally do whatever you want with them. So unlike the qualified accounts, there's no contribution limits. You can sell stocks, redeem shares uh, with no penalties. Um, you are taxed on dividends, gains, and interest. Um, each year it grows, but not on the original. Um, the, the principal, your cost basis, basically the amount you invested, you're not taxed on that when you withdraw it. Right. So if you, in, let's say I invest to make it simple, $100 and then withdrew $150 later uh, or in retirement, I'm only going to be taxed then on the $50 of profit or interest that I've earned. 
uh, yep, right track. Um, it's rarely quite that simple because there's a lot of other factors to keep in mind, long-term capital gain, short-term capital gain, um, dividends and things like that. But that is the general idea. Um, that's why it's always a good idea to consult with your financial services professional when you're considering any withdrawals so we can determine what the least uh, impact on taxes will be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what we're trying to do is minimize that tax burden. Uh, can these non-qualified accounts be offered by employers? I've never heard of one where any uh, at any of the employees or employers I've worked for. Actually, they, they can. Um, and I'll pull up that article because he actually references that in the article that employers will often use non-qualified accounts to supplement the income of highly paid employees. Uh, that's because they are not subject to those same contribution limitations as the qualified accounts are. And um, also, unlike the qualified accounts, employers aren't actually required to treat everyone equally with these non-qualified plans. Well, Greg, that certainly won't apply to everyone, but it's helpful to know, right? Yes. Um, very good point, Tony. Everyone's situation is unique and must be addressed uh, independently. So everyone's got their different goals, their different income levels, their own risk tolerance. And that's why working with a financial service professional can really help you as an individual determine what are the best steps for your situation. Okay. So to recap, I want to see if I have this right. One way to categorize qualified and non-qualified accounts is basically the type of tax advantages they offer. So if our money is invested in a way that provides tax deferred growth, we might be dealing with a qualified account governed by ERISA. Uh, qualified accounts offer benefits to help you build up your nest egg, right? That's right. That's right, Tony. You got it. And qualified accounts, remember, are also subject to the maximum contribution limits and age-based restrictions and when you can withdraw and when you have to withdraw. Uh, where the non-qualifieds, on the other hand, are composed of funds that are taxed before you can invest them and then you're not limited to how much you can contribute you're only taxed on dividends, gains, and interests um, when you liquidate or, or sell those shares. So tax benefits are a huge part of what makes qualified and non-qualified accounts different. Yep. And that's what you said going in. And um, that's basically the main difference uh, between the two. Um, but in fact, there is even a difference when it comes to information to the IRS when you have to report and when employers have to report. So non-qualified accounts involve a lot less paperwork. Uh, the U.S. Department of Labor only requires a short form. However, with the qualified account, a Form 5500 must be filed with the IRS each year. And in addition, the plan sponsor must provide a summary annual report to all account holders and beneficiaries within two months of the annual filing deadline. So there's a lot more restrictions that go along with those accounts as well, other than just the tax treatment. Sure. Well, you know what? This is great information. I'm sure our listeners have a, a lot more questions and they need to make sure that they're in the right type of account and it's managed in the correct way. And that's where you come in as a financial advisor, Greg. I know you're more than happy to help. And uh, But we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners before we go? Yeah. I mean, the difference between qualified and non-qualified isn't just the rules and things that, that you have to follow that we talked about, but it's also important to know when you're going to use those in your retirement plan. You have to take money out of some, you don't have to take out of the other, where are the ta tax implications? So really having an income plan in place is really the key to make these assets be efficient. Um, so if you'd like more information on that, we have a great report that we can provide for our listeners called the Retirement Compass, and it is 
essentially a written retirement plan. We can analyze exactly what accounts to use at what times for maximum efficiency. Um, so if you'd like more information on that, give us a call at 791-2924. Uh, there's no cost, no obligation um, for the initial consultation. All right. That sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Retirement Paradise with our host, Greg Gunther. Thank you for listening to Retirement Paradise. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Greg Gunther at the Retirement Optimization Group. Call 808-791-2924 or visit their website at therogroup.org. Greg Gunther and the Retirement Optimization Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.